Welcome to the six Amazing Race Canada Five podcast for the RTV Warriors. I'm Logan Saunders, and joining me is the guy who cannot keep silent while playing with monkey puppets, Michael Harmstone. You can take the monkey puppets bit out of that. I just can't keep silent generally. It's a curse. <laughs> yes, as we proceed to probably podcast for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I fully admit that I'm a talker. And a trouble causer, and you know, every other description that most people give of me. And a joker. And a midnight joker. Do, 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 do. Steve Miller Band. Um, so, yeah. Another episode is in the books, and very sadly, our last international episode for this season, if not, for at least a, for at least a while. <laughs> yeah, for a few weeks. Yeah. From what I've heard, it's episode... Eight or nine? The next one? Probably episode eight if we did have another international leg because they always like to have the last three all in Canada. We do have another international leg, definitely. Because it's a hilarious... Yeah, it's a hilarious place. One that I mentioned to Brooke and Scott. (laughs) So let's get to this week's episode. So previously on The Amazing Race Canada, teams were driven up a wall, a great wall... Uh, to entertain a crowd in three languages. Um, Ivana was bent out of shape. And then victory is what the wannabe doctor ordered as Sam and Paul finally won their first leg of the season. And it was a to-be-continued slash keep-on-racing slash double-length leg, depending on how you interpret it. I just say it's a non-elimination leg and leave it at that. It was a double-length leg. And for some reason... No departure times for this week, much to Michael's fury. Well, there was one. We saw that Sam and Paul checked in at 10.35pm. 10.05. I thought it was 10.35. No, because I, I watched the, episode, the start of the episode twice. I didn't have that written down because it was pointless if they're not going to give us them all. Yeah. Well, it was 10.05pm. Fun fact. And Cinerama keeps on going with its never-ending sponsorship of the season as teams are given two token uh, plush animals from Cinerama, and then they must go to Shanghai on a high-speed train, where they must go to a Montreal deli and say the shishi-ni, or the she-she-ne phrase, or as uh, Bert would say, knee-high phrase, to a Cinerama employee to get their next clue. And I have a theory on this. Why do you think that they took a train to Shanghai first before flying to Thailand. Just to say they did an additional international city. I think that it's a symptom of it being a double-length leg. I think that production made them do it to get them hours out of the way so that they could then set up the Bangkok tasks. That's a good point, because that would be... It was also an overnight... uh, It was also an overnight rest until the train departed, I think, at 7am the next morning. It was, and to top it all off... We didn't see Monty in Shanghai. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Monty wasn't even in the deli shop. He, he he didn't want to hang around with the Cinerama employee. The Cinerama employee was just off on his own, hanging out with a bunch of Canadians. Yeah, which is what makes me think that actually, as soon as all the teams got their placements for the halfway point of the leg, they then just flew Monty straight to Bangkok and got him to film all his task introductions then. Which is kind of surprising because there wasn't... I don't think there was too much running around for Monty and Bangkok. So I don't think... Did he even do the surfing task? Did he even demonstrate it? He didn't, and I was so disappointed because I wanted to make that our banner this week. You know he would have done the whole Cowabunga thing. Cowabunga, Canada! I wanted to make a banner that no one else will steal. Yeah, if only. And then, of course, uh, Sam has the biggest yawn, I think, recorded in Amazing Race uh, history. Or at least in Amazing Race Canada history. And it's roughly comparable to the the size of yawn that we had when we realised that Gino and Jesse were going to win Amazing Race Canada 3. <laughs> or the first three episodes of the season. I don't know. We had fun with the Fort McMurray leg. That's true. Lots of... No, never forget. Never forget. And apparently Sam and Paul are so tired that they not only initially lose their train ticket, but also the route info as to where they're going to go. Apparently, Montreal Talks Deli wasn't a memorable enough uh, location to keep in there in that uh, noggin of theirs. Yeah, surely as soon as you get a clue and you want to keep it safe, you put it in the uh, the bum bag or fanny pack or whatever they call it in each franchise. 
Mm-hmm. That was just pure fatigue right there. Yeah, you don't just keep it in your hand and wave it around hoping to lose it in the middle of Beijing. Be like a canon's waving flag. Waving clue. I will be stronger. So yeah, that happened. And they're like, oh man, we have to backtrack at night in a city of 21 million people. And I'm thinking, you're not backtracking the whole city. You're just backtracking a couple of blocks, and there's only about 10 other people around you. And that's including the camera and audio guy. And quite impressively, someone stole their clue, but not the train tickets. Yeah, you think the train tickets would be the number one thing they would steal, since that's the thing that would be, you know, of value to uh, to a stranger. Or maybe it was Vern Mai, uh, a Chinese superfan who just wanted the clue and you know, now he has a clue from every Amazing Race franchise out there. And contributing to our theory that production are making sure that no one can ever run out of money ever again, they don't even have to pay for their tickets. No, it's just given to them. Like before, it's just airfares, what's covered in terms of uh, travel costs by production. No, your train ticket's in there too. Fun fact, the clue that Monty gave them actually had a note in it saying, Hey, Andrew and Ebony, we're going to give you the tickets. Don't bother spending money. It'd be funny if Andrew and Ebony were the ones who lost the tickets and couldn't find them. And it's like, production's like, what the hell do we do? We just paid for their tickets for this very exact reason with Andrew and Ebony. It would have been a lot more challenging if teams had to go and book the ticket to Shanghai. I'm sure they could have found someone to help them. Yeah, but at least there's, you know, work involved and a challenge to be had trying to uh, get a train ticket in Mandarin or finding a local who speaks English. I'm picking up on the subtle implication that you weren't a great fan of this leg. Well, it's just that the between last leg and this leg, there's a lot of tasks that overlapped with other versions of The Amazing Race, and I feel like the other versions made things tougher. Like the diving task, the diving task I think in Amazing Race 14 was tougher than the one in, in uh, this season. And then, of course, we have the surfing task, which I think was a lot tougher than Amazing Race 25 or Asia 4, where it wasn't just a matter of grabbing a flag, you had to balance for an extended period of time. Yeah, the task seemed watered down, and I mean, I was I was most disappointed in this episode that Monty didn't do the surfing, because that would have been right up his street. Yeah. I'd be shocked if there isn't some sort of deleted scene with Monty doing it. That'd be a wave that everyone would want to ride. In fact, maybe we should um, use our connection to Monty to ask whether he actually attempted the surfing. Yeah. Because I've done that before, and that is hard. Yeah, I've done a little bit of... I tried surfing for the first time uh, last year, and it took a while just for me to even uh, balance on the board. Yeah, I did the, the boogie boarding version on one of the cruise ships, and they have the wave machines and everything, and it is really difficult, especially for someone with terrible balance like me. <laughs> And we also had a repeat of a task from earlier this season with the Woods Canada Spot the Difference task. So that was brought up again uh, this episode, which they usually don't, they usually have like a Spot the Difference in almost every season, but not two in the span of, uh, you know, just two weeks apart. And they're always really riveting tasks. Yeah, like this one wasn't, like the monkey task was a bit more fun to watch because it was goofy. And then with the Spot the Difference, it's like, yeah, you want to do that once each season, we can get through it. But to see it twice and not really have anything interesting to play out other than, oh man, those light, getting the lights was 45 minutes away, um, or rather 45 minutes of time wasted. Um, it's not, it doesn't exactly make for the most entertaining television. I mean, the, these two weeks have been better than the first three weeks in terms of task and just overall challenge and stuff. But I feel like it was still subpar compared to international lakes that we've seen over the past couple of years and the revitalized um, American and Asian franchise. And one thing that I do have to take umbrage about is the fact that this leg, they were very inconsistent about whether it was a double length leg or whether it was keep on racing and a separate leg. Because in the previously on, we had Monty say, and the next leg starts now, even though he literally said in to, uh, to all the teams, the leg's not over yet. Then we had it them talking about it being the second part of the leg, and then it went back to keep on racing, and then it went back to the second part of the leg. It's like, just stick to one description. It's either two parts of the same leg, which it is, or a keep on racing leg. Nothing else. Well, you gotta love Maze Race Cannon, it's inconsistencies. Yeah. The inconsistency actually annoyed me more than anything else in this entire episode. Which, considering what we've seen so far this season, it's not the worst thing in the world. No, but... 
it's like you are trying to produce a show that is going to be entertaining, and if you're being really inconsistent with certain rules, like the mysterious Kevin and Ryan departing five minutes earlier than they should have last week, or with the descriptions, it's going to annoy people. I should note, speaking of Kevin and Ryan, how many givers were there this episode, Michael? None. Zero. Zero. Nada. There was nothing. So not only do we see Adam and Andrea finally win a leg, but we also see no mentions of their obnoxious catchphrase at all. So which teams left in the race have not won a leg? There are only two. Andrew and Ebony and Karen and Vert. Well, yeah, Andrew and Ebony and Karen and Bert and Andrew and Ebony have come close a couple of times already somehow. They're either right next to last or they're right next to first. It's like one position inward from where uh, Liz and Michael were finishing in the first half of last season. And someone did ask on the live thread on Reddit whether this was the record, five different teams winning the first five legs, and the answer is no, Asia 1 did it with six. Asia 1 has. I didn't expect Asia 1 to have that record. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Asia 1 still has the record, but 6 is definitely the number for Asia 1. Oh yeah, didn't even like Howard and Saran win a leg? It was. Uh, Mardi and Marcio, and then yeah. uh, Sahil and Prashant, Mardi. and then Howard and Saran, uh, Andrew and Sion, uh, Andy and Laura, and then Sandy and Francesca, before Andy and Laura won a second leg. And that, Andy and Laura were still out in 5th, and that doesn't even include the eventual winners to bring in Joe Jur, which makes that record that much more impressive. Granted, uh, Mason Race Asia 1 did have a lot of non-eliminations to make sure that teams had plenty of opportunities to win legs. It's not like Amazing Race Canada were five episodes in and already had four teams eliminated. Which, surprisingly, two of those four eliminated teams did win a leg. Very true, they did. And that's just shy of the, the only other possibility would be if three teams won a leg since they eliminated a team in the very first round. Just a, a minor correction, Corey and Nirvana haven't won a leg either. Okay. So half the teams left have won a leg, half haven't. So we could still see it bump up to uh, eight teams and eight legs. Yeah. In theory, yeah. I, I, even though Andrew and Ebony have been close to first, I don't see it happening, and Karen and Bert have been really near the bottom of the standings for a while now. Yeah, I think we've got to the the tipping point now. I don't think we're going to see any new leg winners. I could see Corey and Ivana winning a leg if they, once they get back to Ottawa. I'm not sure. They seem to bumble their way through a lot of stuff. They just need a leg where they don't, where they have decent taxi drivers, because we know that they don't do well with self-drive legs. A de- decent taxi drivers, and they usually speed through the tasks when they show up to them, except for diving. Like, they went, what was that? The Nelson leg, they went from, what was it, 7th to 2nd or something ridiculous? 7th to 3rd? They did indeed. They finished in 2nd. Yeah, 7th to 2nd. They pulled a, they pulled an Andrew and Ebony in terms of changing up their position. Uh, but this time, instead of leg to leg, it was within the same leg. So, yeah, there's really not a lot to say other than Sam and Paul and Adam and Andrea's deal that they made on the train. Deal, guys? Deal? 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 Especially a leg right before a double U-turn. The deal is that Adam and Andrea... The deal is, Liz. Um, the deal is is that Adam and Andrea help Sam and Paul with pretty much not getting them automatically eliminated this leg in exchange for help down the road, which, with a double U-turn ahead, could prove to be very useful for Adam and Andrea. Mm. And the reason that I knew Zedden Shabir... Uh, went out this week is because I know who makes it to the U10 first next week, but no spoilers. I see. So with the, uh, but what would be really stupid for Sam and Paul to do next week is if they U-turn Adam and Andrea, especially when we know it's the first U-turn of the season, and it's yeah. going to probably be a non-elimination leg. In fact, it certainly has to be because there's still two non-eliminations left and. We know that Amazing Race Canada really doesn't like to do a non-elimination when there's four teams left. Yeah, the the next two weeks are going to decide the structure of the season, basically, because it's either going to be a non-elimination at Final 6 or a non-elimination at Final 5. There will be one at Final 5 either way. This will determine next week whether we get a non-elimination at Final 6 or whether we get one at Final 4. And I'm on record as despising the Final Four non-elimination because it makes everything pointless because no one even tries in the Final Four leg for the first time. 
Only if they end up doing a final three non-elimination and then the fourth place team that shows up at that pit stop is just completely crushed. Yeah. I think they really need to try to mess with the end game non-elimination format a bit more where they have a final two at the end. So everyone's expecting this non-elimination to come and it doesn't even come at final four or final three. And we know editors are good enough to make a final two like suspenseful no matter if teams are really close together or really far apart. The problem is, on a season like this, do you really want to leave just two of them left? Yeah, I mean, I really want to see a final leg where we have uh, Sam and Paul versus uh, Kevin and Ryan as our final two. Oh, that would be riveting television. (laughs) Sam and Paul would just mock Kevin and Ryan's giver, and then we'd have to... Editors couldn't even edit out the givers because of how much airtime Kevin and Ryan would get. I know. Um, let's see, let's actually talk more about this episode. Um, oh, Ivana says, she talks about her back injury. She says her strength is now her weakness, which is like a reverse Michael Scott quote from the office with saying that his weaknesses are his strengths. Um, and that his strengths are also his strengths. And then Andrew and Ebony, who previously struggled with synchronized, uh, diving, are now excelling at synchronized speaking. I think uh, Sam and Paul gave them lessons on that. And we also get a rap break from Karen and Bert. I didn't even actually pick up what they were saying precisely, did you? Nope, I just had it written down as they have a rap break. And the guy in the taxi really uh, moves with his shoulders a lot. He was really getting into that beat. Yeah, China sure has a potential rap market. Get on it. DJ Mousy Dong. And once teams mangle the Mandarin again, much to Alex Liang's irritation, they find out they have to fly to Bangkok, Thailand, and find the Haley Memorial location that is the Cafe Cat Cafe, and find their next clue there. And, like, I know he's a friend of the show, but Monty, for the love of God, don't purr. I think his wife says the same thing. It's one of the most weird things a host has ever done. A perfect location for a clue. No, it wasn't a perfect. It was a perfect. Perfect. It was weird. From the purrs of Bangkok to the burrs of the Canadian North. You know what? What we need to have happen is have John Montgomery sing, uh, sing Old MacDonald. Like he would have a hell of a time with uh, making all the animal noises. There was a purr, purr, purr here and an oink, oink, oink there, guys. And an mm Campbell soup there. Maybe we need Monty to do his own version of uh, what does the fox say? Yeah, 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 yeah. What does the fox say, guys? A ning, ding, 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 ding. Beijing, jing, 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 jing. Shang, hi, 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 hi. And um, Adam says that he has unfinished business with Bangkok because he went backpacking around Asia and then had to come home from Bangkok because he didn't have any money left. And he still has unfinished business with Bangkok because he spends about two hours there. <laughs> he got to play Thai hacky sack. That was the only thing he got to do in Thailand, actually, other than hang out with a bunch of cats in the cafe. It really was. And I wish they would have hidden the clues a little bit better, because I, I wanted to see teams have to lift the cats up and find the clues underneath them or something. Yeah. <laughs> the clue is written on their tattoo underneath them. And it'd be the first clues that um, that smelt of cat piss since Haley had them all. Teams will check these neutered cats for their next clue. And they have to take the cat with them all the way to the pit stop. They'll be like the chicken task from uh, the Burkina Faso leg in Amazing Race 12. No kitty, no chicken. I think the um, the cats would be slightly less cooperative than the chickens were. That would make it a challenge. And Shabir has to hold it during the surfing task. They have to make the cat do the surfing task. And fun fact, Donald Trump was also there. He was? Yeah. He introduced the task by telling them to, to grab him by the pussy. Which teams actually did uh, to try and look for the clue. Um, because they thought that they would actually hide the clues underneath the cats rather than just in baskets on the wall and things. Yes, Trump would very be very confused in the Catterday Cafe. Um, <laughs> let's see... Oh yeah, uh, Andrea this leg apparently has pep in her step because of noodle power. Yeah, noodle power. Maybe that's her superpower. Yeah, maybe she's just been watching too many Japanese animes. And there's, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an anime where uh, an action hero 
one of the characters, their power is derived from eating uh, ramen noodles. There is an arms, I think. Really? I think Min Min is, is sort of noodle-powered. Oh, yeah, with his arms? Yeah, with her arms. Noodly arms. Yeah. You need to get a Switch, by the way, because Splatoon 2 is awesome. Send me the money and I'll buy it. No, you work. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Splatfest going on at the moment. I'm taking time out of Team Ketchup winning to podcast with you. Yes. Uh, speaking of catching up, uh, teams catch up to each other once again, as many of them collide at the detour. Or not the detour, it's just, this wasn't even a detour, this wasn't even a roadblock either, it was just, do the silent monkey puppet show. Yeah, well it was the, the hours of operation at the Cat Cafe first, and then once teams found their clues, they had the choice between the uh, the fast forward, the first fast forward we've seen in two years, and I've had it confirmed there wasn't one last season by the way. And um, the other choice is the active info to find the artist's house. Yes, the artist's house. And should we just get over the fast forward over and done with? It wasn't exactly the... I mean, Adam and Andrea made it slightly entertained, but it seemed like it was a really quick fast forward. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, on the podcast, which we did record on Thursday last week, didn't somebody predict that it would be a sport one because it was Amazing Race Canada? Yes, that person was you, Michael. Oh, what a surprise! Given the fact they hadn't confirmed the fast forward yet, it's a massive shock that it ended up being sport, given it's Amazing Race Canada, and that's all they've done for face-offs. Speaking of face-offs, uh, I know we're jumping ahead a bit, but I I assume next week has to be non-elimination, because they didn't even pre- preview the return of the face-off, and they always do it when there's six teams left. Hmm, I'm not sure. I believe there's a bit of a grey area about the elimination structure for the rest of the season, from what I've heard. Do you think we're going to get a face-off at all this year, then? Maybe a Final Four? It'll be Final Four, which is bloody annoying. Well, actually, they don't have to do face-offs at even numbers, do they? No, because it's just two teams go, and then one team... It's just They just have stuck to this structure with it for the past two seasons. They could really do it when there's ten teams or eight teams. They could really do it with any number. They always do it at Final Four, which is annoying, because it basically condemns whoever the Final Four loser is. But I'm not sure. I'm leaning towards it being non-elimination next week because I can't see them eliminating five teams in five legs. But I wouldn't be surprised if it is an elimination. But if it is, that means we get final four non-elimination. And God, it's going to be boring. Yeah, especially because it'll probably be in the Maritimes. Yeah, they end up going towards the Maritimes, don't they? Anyways, um, so of course we see uh, Kevin and Ryan shouting all the cities they've been in. Let's see... Andrea found the Caterney Cafe uh, weird before they do the fast forward. At the fast forward, um, a lot of uh, sibling history is brought up with them never being on the same team together. And then Adam has to play fetch. And then they get the fast forward. And then Corey and Ivana show up after their taxi driver screwed them over. Yeah, it was getting just towards the point of glorious bickering. And then they got it. So it's quite disappointing. I mean, I, I love Adam and Andrea, and I'm very, very excited that they won the leg. And in fact, are the first team of the season to get four podium finishes out of five. But it was just getting towards the point of glorious bickering, and then they got the clue. Yeah. And I don't think it took that long for them to get it, because Corey and Ivana didn't even get to the fast forward location. I don't think their driver screwed up that badly. Like, usually the fast forwards is a really long process. Uh, but here it seemed like maybe like 15, 20 minutes and they got it. Yeah, it, it did seem very quick. Because even with Corey and Ivana's driver screwing up, it couldn't have been more than like a half an hour that they bought. Because eventually you think Corey and Ivana would just be like, screw it, let's go to the route info after they've been lost for too long. Yeah, Bangkok is a pretty big city though. I mean, the stadia were probably quite close to each other in reality. They were probably about 10 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. It was just a shame that we saw a task like this where teams weren't actually racing at all. It was just Adam and Andrea get it. Okay, they win. And apparently Bangkok is referred to as the city of life. There was countless posters uh, showing that around the city. Not from my experience, but yeah. It's not the city of life? No, I I didn't particularly spend that long in Bangkok for reasons we'll get to towards the end of this podcast. But um, it didn't look like my sort of place from what I saw of it. I, I can see that from hearing stories of people who have been to Bangkok. That wouldn't be, it wouldn't be your ideal location, Michael. We did something else instead. 
Speaking of Thailand, the same week that a Thailand episode airs for Amazing Race Canada is the week that Amaz- or, uh, American Dad has an Amazing Race parody that is set in Thailand. What a, what a coincidence. It does, and it actually starred Phil. Yeah, you get to hear Phil swear on national TV. Because Phil has nothing better to do. <laughs> I can't go home until one of you gets off your asses and finishes this leg. And my ca- and my cat sitter is <laughs> has been sending me very dark messages. Daddy's coming home, Mister Sprinkles. What? <laughs> Those are all Phil Kogan quotes. I'm sure they are. They are. <laughs> I just quoted the whole end bit with Phil Kogan verbatim. He swears in the episode, <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he, apparently he has a bigger obsession with cats than uh, than Haley does. He was the driving force behind them going to the Catterday Cat Cafe. Yes, and he actually has a cat named Mr. Sprinkles. Fact. So yeah, everyone else has to go to the artist house. And where do Adam and Andrea have to go? Uh, to the pit stop. Yep, and what's the pit stop? Uh, a temple, which I believe... Was it the Mason Race 9 temple? I'm not sure, I just want you to try and pronounce it. I didn't even write down that. It's it's Thai. <laughs> exactly. Whenever we do the the legs in the countries with their own language, we always end up with me just having a crack at them, and I thought it was your turn this time. Alright, I'll look up the pit stop name and we'll we'll give the we'll give this a shot. We'll give this a shot. Do you notice how much more the ratings have dipped for Mason Race Canada Five? It was a big old drop. They are Premiere was 1.8, which topped the week, and then their next two episodes are already number two weekly ranked, 1.6 and 1.7. All right, uh, let's see the pit stop name. Holy Jesus, all right. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't the same one as Amazing Race 9, by the way. Or Amazing Race 26 temples, or Amazing Race 2 temples. I feel like, is there just that many temples in Bangkok that they've never gone to the same temple twice? Yes, yes, there is. And they're huge temples, too. Like, it's not just small grounds. Is there, like, a temple district where it's just hundreds of temples? No, it's just hundreds of temples because it's the same all over Thailand. Let's see. The temple for the pit stop is the Wat Theorat Kunchorn Wahihin Temple. Just say that again for me. <laughs> Wat Theorat Kunchorn Warawihan Temple. It's a tongue twister. And in the detour, they were at the Wat Wachin Tandaram, which is all one word somehow. Uh, which is in the Amulet Market. Coincidentally, the Amulet Market was the site of the Amazing Race 2 Fast Forward. Oh, it wasn't even the site of the Amazing Race 2 Detour, because I thought the Amazing Race Detour 2 Detour looked similar to that one. But No, it was the the Bird Market for the um, Amazing Race 2 Detour. Okay, the Bird Market, the Light Market, the Amulet Market. <laughs> the Amulet Market was the, the genesis of the Head Shaving Fast Forward. Oh, okay. So yeah. That's a and vote is that the teams have to perform a traditional puppet show. Um, once their show is up to scratch, they get their next clue. But there's one little wrinkle to it, which is that it has to be entirely silent. And apparently the one of the quietest teams is the one that struggles with the noise level the most. Ha! <laughs> Shabir's laughing. Just all throughout. Ha 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 ha. Then he could be like, well, I wasn't talking, I was just laughing. I could just imagine Michelle being sat there just going, read your clue. Yeah. Read your clue, guys. <laughs> that is a terrible Australian accent. I know. I, I can, It's in the morning. I was thinking, I could do a lot better than that. I do better than that. Just when I'm just impersonating Australians when I'm at work. Yeah, I can just imagine Michelle being sat there just going, read your clue. Yeah. It's not hard. See the massive, bold, underlined silent. <laughs> um, let's see... So yeah, so as we covered before, Zed and Shabir, who were right near the top of the standings and have been for quite a while now, completely botched this task. Ah ha 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 ha. Yeah, the good old Laughing Monkey, which sounds like the name of a punk rock band. We are Laughing Monkey. We are Laughing Monkeys. Follow us on MySpace. Buy our CDs. (laughs) Put us in your top eight. (laughs) So, uh, Kevin and Ryan actually made a decent move with the fast-forward and decided to not go for it about halfway into the drive. So they were able to catch up to everybody else, as well as Corey and Ivana also were able to catch up. So I don't know how far away the route info was from the fast-forward location. Do you not wish that they would have attempted to go for it and then got eliminated? Oh, that would have been awesome. It's Hacky Sack, bro! 
Dude. Yeah. Let's give her. Let's give her this ball into this net. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they don't. So I'm, I was highly disappointed. And then, yeah, I would assume that, that the route info had to be really close to the password because if it was far away, I think some of the teams would have been done the task even before Corey and Ivana show up, especially when you have to go from Saturday Cafe, get lost, go to the fast forward, then to the route info, while everyone else just goes Saturday Cafe to the route info. Yeah. I mean, come on. We've got to have the alpha males going for the fast forwards and hopefully this time losing. That's how it works. Because even Kevin and Ryan were able to uh, pass uh, some of the... Because they met up with Andrea and Ebony? And then they go, we're in the boat together. And weirdly, on the way to the artist house, we just randomly see one shot of Corey wearing a life vest and no one else. Hmm. It just appears suddenly and then isn't there any time afterwards. Interesting. And uh, Ryan says that he's never done anything like this before. To which the answer is, what? Not talk and be obnoxious. <laughs> I've never been silent before, man. I don't even I don't even know what, how to do that. Well, like... How your lips just stop moving? Can you? Doesn't the lips always move? Bro. Yeah. I can't be silent. Like, uh, I didn't even know mute was an English word. I thought it was just a term people made up. The culture is so different in Thailand. I could never be a Buddhist, man. Meditation, totally not for me, bro. And you can imagine that he has probably been to Thailand many times before. Yeah, like him and and Kevin just love Southeast Asia. I don't know if Southeast Asia loves them. Uh, I bet you Kevin and Ryan love uh, karaoke. They probably just sing really loudly in the karaoke to make up for it. So loudly that the monks in the temples get really pissed off. You know who does love uh, karaoke? Brooke and Scott. Yes, that does not surprise me. Did you do karaoke with them? No, they were going out for karaoke after uh, I left them, though. Oh, I would have loved that. It was going to be them and uh, and Seth. Mm. So yeah, Sam and Paul leave in second, and then Karen and Bert leave in third, with Andrew and Ebony in fourth, Kevin and Ryan in fifth, and Corey and Nirvana in sixth. And then uh, Zed and Shabir finally realise the error of their ways and leave in last. Oh, I love Zed and Shabir initially arguing over the monkey task. Was Zed saying, no, I want to do both arms, I want to use both arms, and then Shabir's like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine, Zed. I can do one arm. As if his like uh, dad was some decrepit old person. Shabir is so old that he can't even manipulate a puppet. <laughs> the puppets manipulate him. Uh, and it's the detail straight after, which is Blingit or... Wait, 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 we still got more with the monkey task. Wouldn't that suck? If you like bought a, you know, you buy this big drink, like, man, because I'm guessing you have to pay for water in Thailand. And you're sitting here with the drink, and an inanimate monkey puppet takes a sip of your water. I don't want their germs. I don't want monkey puppet germs on my straw. You don't know where those monkey puppets have been. Yeah. I don't know how much they sanitize it. And then, like, you know, and then the monkey puppet, you know, kisses you on the cheek. Like, didn't wasn't AIDS started because of monkeys? No, it started because of monkey puppets. Because of monkey puppets. Monkey puppets. And they're kissing people on the cheek. And then... You know, sipping other drinks. Like, we're going to have an epidemic on our hands. And it's all Amazonary's Canada's fault. And then, you know, and then he, the monkey puppet is, you know, you, you know they're not, not doing too well when they start running into walls. Like, what the hell is that? It, it steals my drink. It, you know, it kisses me on the cheek, so I'm going to inevitably get, like, cheek herpes. And then it damages the, um, the fragile infrastructure of the artist's house. So it's just a monkey puppet wrecking crew. So in summary, what you're saying is that Amazing Race Canada caused AIDS. Yes! The hint for this week could be, what actually caused AIDS? <laughs> Monkey puppet AIDS. The answer is Amazing Race Canada. At least the selfie was harmless. But it's like, hey, do you want to remember the time you got AIDS from a monkey puppet? Oh, let's all smile for this picture. Rule 16 of Mantis Fight Club, guys. No AIDS. At least from monkey puppets. Everyone gets tested. Spit kits are available at the door. And because it's Canada, it's free. <laughs> We're weird. <laughs> no, and rule number 17, of course, with that being said, no monkey puppets in Monty's Fight Club. We can't, we, we just can't have you guys here, you know? You, you're going to be in contact with other fighters in this club, and 
rule number one, no, it's rule number two of Monty's Fight Club is you got to protect the fighter. You know, safety first. Safety first, boys and girls. So, sorry, sorry, monkey puppets. Um, We might change our mind in the future. I don't know. But for now, we can't take that risk. It's just, it's such an epidemic, guys. It's such an epidemic. Just, just look at Stats Canada. Look up Stats Canada online and you'll see monkey puppets is a, is a risk group, you know. You don't see monkey puppets at the citizenship uh, uh, tests, you know. They're not those ceremonies. You don't see a judge there welcoming monkey puppets into our borders. Mm-mm, nope, nope, guys. Every fire is provided with monkey puppet condoms. To prevent the spread. And to prevent the feel. And just like the tires in the Cuba leg, they're raped for pleasure. And they're rubber. <laughs> oh, this is weird. <laughs> Are you ready for a detail? Yes, I'm ready for a detail. <laughs> Bling it or shred it. Yeah, after teams leave the um, the Monkey Puppet AIDS active root info, uh, it's the detail which is bling it or shred it. And in bling it, teams travel to the amulet market where they would find a tuk tuk and they had to search both the amulet market and a market that was 45 minutes away for eight specific decorations to affix to their tuk tuk that match a completed example. Once all the details were correct, they received the next clue. And in Shred It, both team members must stand up on the surfboard on a wave machine and grab a flag above the pool. They could then exchange the two flags for the next clue. And, of course, it's not shredded, it's shredded. Bro. And which one would you have picked? In terms of the detour, um, if I knew the surfing task was going to be made that much easier compared to other surfing tasks in the past, I probably would have gone with Shred It. Because I do have slight experience with a surfboard. But uh, I can see being talked into doing the bling it task. Even though I know that because it's a detour, the bling it task, there's probably going to be stuff really far out of the way. Especially once you have, once you read the clue and realize, oh, you have to go to various shops and really busy and congested uh, Thai markets. So yeah, I'd choose shred it. I think knowing the details of both, Details, assuming they got, they gave enough detail. I would probably also go for shred it. Had you asked me last week, I would have said uh, no. I would avoid that, like living and play, because it's really difficult. But I think because it's not a requirement for you to stand up for a minute each or whatever, it's actually not as difficult as it could be. Yeah, it was just a few seconds I had to balance on for and grab that flag. Like he could just what Shabir should have done is when he was crouching low. Once he got towards the top, he should have just used all of that his center of gravity and all that, uh, that low, uh, yeah, that his low center of gravity and just like hop up and, and snag that clue and then just fall on his ass. Like that's what, what I would have done in that. If I was in that position, he did have a lot of falls this week though. A lot of face plants, but that was, that wasn't from jumping up. That was just from not being able to balance, especially his final fall. That was the funniest fall I think I've seen in a surfboard task, and that's after watching Hussein do it in Amazing Race Asia 4. Oh, Natasha! Yeah, it looked really painful. Especially the, those face plants. Oh, man. Yeah. You thought you thought Ivana, Ivana's back was broken? I think Shabir's face is broken. I think maybe it's for the best that they did get eliminated this week, just so Shabir could see some medical attention. Yeah, I'm curious what type of shape Shabir would have been in if he had survived the leg and made it into the into Ottawa. I think he probably would have been fairly sore. I, I do think that uh, um, Shabir probably would have ran out of steam towards the end of the season. Because Zed's like, oh, Shabir's keeping up really well. I'm thinking, why is this such a surprise? Does that mean that Shabir's just going to not have that much endurance towards the end and just get really exhausted? Especially with Shabir, this like he was not handling the humidity of Bangkok well at all. He was sweating a lot, a lot more than anybody else. To be fair to Shabir, it's very humid. We've discussed my experience with Vietnam in terms of being really humid. Thailand is very similar. And Bangkok would probably be the same thing. You're right on the equator, and it's Southeast Asia. And it was 35 degrees Celsius that day, according to a behind-the-scenes article that the Edmonton Sun did. Yeah. It looks really warm, and I mean, there was a secret scene of Corey Nirvana saying the same thing as well. Adam and Andrea get a really another really big prize because even with Cinerama not being a huge sponsor of this leg, but those first ten minutes were enough to 
get a 14-day trip where Adam will now get to properly revisit Bangkok, or visit Bangkok, I should say, but as well they include all the other Chinese cities, so maybe he's only going to get two hours in Bangkok again. I mean, for all the, the mocking that I do of Amazing Race Canada's prizes, yet again, this was a really good one. A really good one. 14 days! Better than pretty much everything they've given away on the US one. Yeah, because the US one, they cap their top prize is usually a lot of cash, or the Travelocity leg is usually a seven-day prize, I want to say. It's usually a seven-day getaway. And that's what teams have to pay for, pay for the taxes for it, which is like two or $3,000, I think. Yeah, it's usually between five and seven days. Yeah, and they have to pay for part of that as uh, Justin and, and uh, Diane learned at the end of their season. Hmm. It's like, oh, we won all these prizes. Oh, but we only won $25,000 in prize money. Oh, we have to spend two to $3,000 for each prize on taxes. Great. <laughs> Even their Rachel Ray thing that they won when they were on her show, they had to pay for as well, eh? Or the, the taxes part of it which they said was a similar number, too. It's like Oprah when she gave away all those cars, and then nobody could really afford the cars because the luxury tax on the cars that she gave away was $7,000, I believe was the exact number. So it's like, yeah, unless the people in the audience are are in the same circle as Oprah, they are going to be selling those cars instantly or not even accepting them at all. And at Shredded, terrible detail name, Sam doesn't particularly get the surfing either. (laughs) It's not been a good showing for him from this entire super leg. Between the belly flops when when diving in the first part and the catastrophic falls from the surfboard and the pretty awesome faceplant towards the pit stop as well. (laughs) Was that... I thought... Oh no, that was Sam that did the faceplant, yeah. Radical Sam. Sam seems to be bumbling his way through... (laughs) You lose the tickets, you lose, or I guess Paul lost the tickets, but, you know, they're trying to save face, but instead they're falling on their face. And Adam and Andrea do check in first, fulfilling all of my happiness. They win the 14-day trip, and my favourite bit of this entire pit stop is the fact that the greeter seems to be wearing grills. I want to see your grills. You want to see my what? My grills. My, my, my grills. I think it might have actually been braces, but, you know... Headcanon is that it's grills. <laughs> yes. And um, Ebony has worked at a surf house before, so she obviously gets it in one. Indeed, and Sam's fall was gnarly, as they say. I love the locals, too, who are really into the surfing culture. There's not a lot else to do in the middle of the day in Bangkok, though. No. <laughs> to be fair, Sam, it's that and the cat cafe. <laughs> Just cats and surf, or cats that are surfing. I still want to see that one day. The Surfing Cat Cafe. It'd be like the, uh, the Surfing Pikachu minigame. I have not seen that. Are you not aware of that? That was from Pokemon Yellow, I want to say? Actually, I did download Pokemon Yellow through the Nintendo eShop a few months ago, but I kind of stopped playing that. I think it was if you sent over an event Pokemon, which was a Pikachu that no, no surf, you could unlock a minigame, which was Pikachu Surfing. Interesting. Which is not good for anybody else surfing, considering Pikachu is a Thunder Pokemon. Uh, let's see. Oh, Shabir said that the surfing task is the most frustrating thing of his life. His entire life. Apparently falling a few times to the surfboard did trump, uh, chemotherapy and cancer. Yeah. And that is the only joke I want to make about that. So we're going to move on. Um, let's see. And Karen and Bert, I thought was going to do worse with their detour of blingets. So I thought they were going to screw up as badly as they did in the woods task, which near which would have eliminated them had they not used their express pass on the subsequent task. But uh, no, they actually do somewhat decent. They do lose, lose a bit of time, but not a, nowhere near enough to be in the bottom two for this leg of the race. Yeah, I think it says it all that all of the teams who left first did the surfing task. Yeah, Karen and Burtz, I think I'll be surprised if they're not the next team out. They're not doing terribly. They've been hovering around the middle all season long, and now that nearly half the cast is eliminated, now it's now they're going to be fighting for survival every single leg. Yeah, Karen and Bert do have the equal worst record now with Andrea and Ebony. They are the only ones who haven't actually placed in the top three left in the season now. That's the thing. They haven't done. They haven't had a really strong performance. Just a couple tasks here where you know Bert uses his guns, or Karen. Uh, 
uses math skills to surge ahead. But their but, record over the past four legs is as bad as Kevin and Ryan's. Yeah, which is, but I don't really get the feeling that Kevin and Ryan are going to be eliminated before final three. I've kind of, I've kind of accepted that. You kind of resigned to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Resigned to it is a better word. Um, let's see. I love how the one woman was cringing, waiting for Sam to fall again, but instead he grabs the ribbon. I love <laughs> back at the monkey task. I forgot about this. This might have been my favorite moment about Zed, Zed and Shabir, other than uh, <laughs> other than <laughs> Shabir's face plant, is when they're on their eighth attempt at the monkey task, <laughs> and then uh, Zed and Shabir are almost done, and they go into the audience, I think, to do the selfie, and then Shabir's like, high five! <laughs> and he would have gotten away with it if he just did a silent high five, but the fact that he had to say high five out loud, <laughs> and that's the reason why he failed and was ultimately eliminated was hilarious. <laughs> high five! <laughs> and uh, Sam and Paul leave Shred in second with Andrew and Ebony in third. And the rest of the teams can now head to the pit stop. Or the uh, last part about the monkey task is with uh, when Sid and Shabir realize where they screwed up. Sid's like, we honestly did not read the clue. Usually other teams are just like, oh, damn it. Yeah, we just missed over that. I love how Sid is like, you know what? You know what would surprise you guys is that we didn't read the clue. And then everyone else watching is like, no, no kidding. No kidding, guys. We, we figured that out after the first eight failed attempts, and the fact Shabir said, high five, and ha 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 ha, out every attempt. And on the way to the pit stop, Sam absolutely stacks it. Oh, that face plant looked painful. All because they wanted to beat Andrew and Ebony, where they're like, hey, Sam and Paul, can you want to team up? Oh, Sam? Sam? And then they're still running to the pit stop together, and... Sam and Paul apparently haven't learned their lesson from the faceplant and are running so hard to get past Andrew and Ebony that they blatantly missed the archway to the pit stop and is the only reason why Andrew and Ebony finished in second place this week. Well, the great thing is it also keeps up Andrew and Ebony's legacy of only ever placing second or seventh. And oddly enough, a 2-7 offsuit is the worst hand in poker, and somehow Andrew and Ebony have been able to uh, go back and forth between this not-so-winning hand. And it really took a surfing task and a face plant, several face plants from Sam and Paul to jump up to second this week. And they can't even finish in seventh again. So that pattern is officially done with. And um, then it's Kevin and Ryan who leave Shred in fourth. And there's just one team left at the surfing task, which is Zed and Shabir. And Shabir's melting. Zed gets it quickly. Yeah. And even, I think I think Shabir would have gotten it if he tried it at, like, if he put in three more good tries, because he was close on that final attempt, I was surprised he gave up then, because he was he was really close. I think three more attempts, where all you have to do is just learn that next technique, and he would have had that ribbon, I think. But do you know what the best bit of Zed and Shabir's attempts at the shred detail were? No, no, I do not. It actually wasn't any part of the task. It was the race play question that was asked at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In other words, the thing that I think I had more tweets about than anything else on Amazing Race Canada. The fact that production have been running this stupid race play thing for a while. They actually asked the question, which would you rather travel, Canada or the rest of the world? When it first appeared on screen, it was 18% Canada, 82% rest of the world. Within 10 seconds of it being on the screen, it was 12% Canada, 88% rest of the world. And it peaked at 89. That's 9 out of 10 viewers wanting more international legs. Even the casual fans are turning on them. Yeah, I am very curious if they take that feedback to heart and we get a full international season next year. Do you think they're going to? I am optimistic we'll get at least majority international next year, but not full. I think you're being far too optimistic there. I think there's no chance of us getting a um, a full international season from Amazing Race Canada ever. And what made Shabir's face plant so hilarious is that, uh, um, the, the or the head plant, was, uh, it was after a really long, inspiring speech by Zed and then Shabir saying, saying, like, I can do this, I can do this. And then 
he can't do it at all. And right when he's about to do it, he gives up and switches detour tasks. I know he was in a lot of pain, but I think three more attempts and he would have had it. Yeah, it's, um, it's unfortunate for them. But the alternate was Corey Nirvana, who I'm warming to as well. So, And then as soon as they switch, I even wrote down the famous M. Bison line from Street Fighter the movie and wrote down, Game over! And because I don't think there's any way they could catch up, even with Corey Nirvana's taxi driver going over an hour into the wrong direction. I think we should now talk about that, because I have some information to give on that subject. One more second. Um... I appreciated at the amulet market the guy who did the jazz hands with the tambourine. He was always there the whole day. So yeah, Kevin and Ryan check in in fourth, and then Karen and Bert get rejected at Bling because of one missing item, and then Zed and Shabir switch. Corey and Ivana get rejected because of one item. Zed and Shabir get rejected because of one item. And Karen and Bert check in in fifth. And then it's the bottom two, which is Corey and Ivana, or Zed and Shabir. Corey and Ivana leave Bling in sixth, but the taxi driver takes him in the wrong direction. And that's because he mishears the pit stop which is on Ayathia Street as being take me to Ayathia. And the reason that I have more information to give is because Ayathia is where I went instead of Bangkok. Ayathia is the former capital of Thailand before Bangkok. Oh. And is basically like a mini Angkor Wat. Oh. It's really, really cool. Amazing Race France has been there. But it's also about two and a half hours away from Bangkok. So they could have, if they went all the way there, they would have been screwed. A hundred percent. They were very, very nearly royally screwed by it. All because, thankfully, Ivana was not confident that the taxi driver was going to the right place, while Corey's like, no, no, look at at him, he knows where he's going. Ivana's like, I'm not so sure, based on our luck, Corey. (laughs) It would have been one of the worst pieces of taxi driver luck ever. (laughs) But yeah, Ayathaya is super, super impressive if you ever go to Thailand, it's so cool. There was two more hilarious Corey and Ivana moments. One, as soon as they mentioned being Team Panda, a Cinerama advertisement with the panda appeared on the bottom of the screen instantly. Like, right on, it was right on cue. It was right when Corey and Ivana talked about being Team Panda that the Cinerama ad with the panda came on. I am not joking. Go back and watch the episode. It happens within seconds. So what you're saying is, as soon as Corey and Ivana said the word panda, Cinerama knew instantly there needed to be an advert. Yes, yes, I'm 100%. It's probably why they were cast on this season. And then the other moment is that we get the continued storyline of Corey and Ivana being so excited that at pit stops or finishing tasks that Corey still has that instinct to like rush Ivana for like 20 feet before he realizes, oh right, her back. <laughs> Damn it, damn it, damn it, Corey. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> but they do have something to celebrate because they check in in sixth, which does mean Zed and Shabir are the last team to arrive and they are eliminated. And finally, after five episodes, we get a mention of Shabir having cancer six years ago. And another funny thing with Shabir, right when, I think it's when they're in the, right before they're done the detour, when Shabir's complaining about the heat, he's like, so hot, so hot. I want that to be like the, audio thing that plays whenever there's like a sexy pose on camera on like the amazing race or anything because <laughs> Shabir says it in the funniest way possible that if you use it under the right context like if you use it I don't know for instance in the face cream context it would probably be a hilarious clip to use what we need is uh, Shabir to commentate on the uh, life drawing fast forward <laughs> 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 Pretend Shabir is one of the editors. <laughs> oh my god. Amazing race Canada moments. <laughs> Commentated on by Shabir. Oh my god. I, I didn't even think about him being in the life drawing task, but that would be hilarious. Just the way that Shabir said where he's like so hot. Logan will give the first person to create that ten Canadian cents. Mainly because I really can't be bothered doing it. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, if we can throw that into the face cream clip, you'll you'll notice exactly what I'm talking about. I'll see what I can do. Get me a timestamp on it. I'll see what I can do. Okay. And let's see. We get an infamous finger wag as if that person from the judge for the, uh, for the bling it task, it was as if they were straight out of Amazing Race Asia. Um, for some reason, people in Southeast Asia love to wag their fingers. 
much like Alicia Calloway from Survivor Australia. And then uh, Corey and Ivana sur survived their own literal U-turn. And let's see. Yes, uh, Zed and Shabir are, are eliminated. And, yeah, a team that did surprisingly well. They were essentially in the lead for two and a half legs straight. And then it was just uh, misreading a clue that is 99% of the reason why they're out of the race. Although the, the surfing task uh, didn't uh, help them too much either. Yeah, they, they were sort of doomed this week. I don't think they would have won the season, but I feel like they could have gone a couple rounds further. Yeah. And we actually have some listener questions as well. Not many, but we have some. Let's get to it. So, Mark Doyle says, Monty claimed that this leg was the longest in the history of Amazing Race Canada. What was the longest leg across the franchise? Oh, man. If we don't, if we just do a single leg timing, I would assume that Amazing Race Australia ones. Netherlands and uh, Czech Republic like from South Africa would probably be fairly high up there or didn't Australia too have like a Cuba yeah the American answer is still I think season 9 super like oh where they did uh, South America to um, uh, Russia to Germany and those oh yeah that Germany day was a really long day especially if you're Wanda and Desiree but I think that the answer is as you alluded to the uh, amazing race Australia to super leg which was Turkey to France to Cuba, and then an entire second half of the leg in Cuba as well. Mm. That was a leg that went on for approximately 48 hours. It was a very, very long leg. Because they started in the morning in Turkey, did the detour and a U-turn, then went to France for a night leg, then flew to Cuba for a night leg, and then did an entire day in Cuba as well. Jesus. Yeah. They basically tried to kill these people. And did that greeter at the pit stop dance the entire day? She danced at least for Adam and Andrea and Zed and Shabir. Oh, just first and last. Yeah. She didn't seem to be dancing for everyone else. Okay. Um, I think that about does it for this week. And next week... Next time we have the wonderful um, return to Canada. Yay. Not just a return to Canada... Ottawa, again. And just to add to the Canadian-ness, we get Mounties, a citizenship test, flowers, and a double U-turn. They pretty much had to have a twist to keep this like remotely interesting, but it's not going to be interesting because it's going to be non-elimination, so they just, want, they just want drama to finally start between teams on the season. Yeah. And who do you think is going to use the U-turn? Well, considering there was a spoiler several uh, months before the this episode even aired, sadly, I know, I know, I do know one U-turn use, but I don't know who gets U-turns nor what the other U-turn use is. I don't know of a second U-turn. I know who the first two teams to the U-turn are, and I know that all of the top six were seen at the U-turn. Hence, why I knew that who went out in seventh. Oh, I see. I know who the first the first usage is. And who uses it. I just don't know anything more than that. So yeah, we can't really ask that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't got anything else to say, really. We had two good weeks. Next week, we, our expectations are quite low. Well, yeah, it's another Ottawa leg. And it's a citizenship test as one of the tasks. And Mounties. Yes, because we stocked this season with people who were adopted citizens of Canada. <laughs> they actually did as well. So we're going to get the patriotic story from Ivana about how she was she emigrated from uh, Sarajevo. We don't, we're not going to get it from Shabir, though. Nope. We would have done had he survived another leg. Well, that does it for this week. Uh, you can follow me at LogSubikuwaki on Twitter, and you can follow Michael at MJHarmstone. Peace out, and just chill till the next episode. And don't forget to actually follow us on Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it this week and leave us a review because we haven't got enough of those and preferably a five star one because you know I'll send Scott after you if you don't and on that subject thank you for the actual shout out on Scott's podcast this week yes thank you Scott our intro actually got played with the Screamix version which is awesome <laughs> anyway bye see ya the perfect place to find their next clue <laughs> 
<laughs> High five. No, 